0: and not musicians and Hello, your girl um Welcome to the Holly and Josh show. Yeah, welcome. How uh, are you? I, I, I am still Josh, and I'm still Harley After two weeks, I don't know how we've kept up our identity. I've missed you, man. Well, you you haven't. I've missed you <laughs> so much. Thank man. you. Well, you've been you've, we've we've been hanging out in those two weeks, and we'll tell you about it soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that seems like so long ago. I know, right? Literally like, like eight days weeks. ago. Yeah, no, nothing. Um, weeks. Um, so this week we've got some music by Gali, the Vagabond and pessimist whoop, whoop, as well as we've got some music news about TuneCore making one mm. million dollars a day apparently for independent artists as well as
1: the, uh, the downfall of pledge music
0: yeah, well, I, if we get time to talk okay, about we, that, yeah. because we might talk about that with a, Mr. Daniel Lee Hart. We have a lot.
1: To, oh, okay, we have a lot to catch up on this week.
0: But your interesting point of thing a thing, I thought about this morning this week. Harley came up with this one with with Lady J. Mm,
1: yes, um, the star effect, or uh, about uh, typecasting musicians. That's
0: very interesting, and awesome. I'm looking forward to that. But before that, Harley, I need to know what you did.
1: What'd you do? I like how it sounded like you were in the other room for that. Like <laughs> wait had, it. I'm just gonna run into another room and then I'll be back. I had to run. What'd you
0: do?
1: <laughs> right, well it's I mean, we've got a lot to catch up on. Um I've I've missed you so. Um <laughs> I've been doing lots of work uh doing uh, open rich conferences oh, uh the last couple rich? of weeks. Uh, what what? Who, who you, who's a rich and why you open him up? well i didn't say what oh open Rich. oh uh, that's it I, I couldn't work out uh, what you were punning there uh, i'm so tired um <laughs> yes uh so Openreach is a company that put down other uh, uh, lay down fiber networks for internet stuffs mm-hmm. um for anyone who didn't know you know one of the yeah. largest uh, fiber networking companies on the planet or sure. in england at least other fiber networks are available oh yes they are uh and it was really, really quite fun. Um, it was a long, long hours and stuff. A lot of six am starts followed by midnight finishes and stuff like that. New no things. Um, I uh, did. A, I didn't do as much sound work as uh, I'd hoped, but um, with these kind of jobs, you, you are literally just there making sure everything runs smoothly. Right. So yeah. even if you're a, a, a sound tech like myself, or an AV tech like uh, Oliver was, mm. or, or Joe was also a sound tech. If someone says, "Can you?" tape up a cable which is kind of sound work i guess but yeah. or, or even something like uh oh can you uh, move some chairs you know right. it, you you've your, your job is to make sure that the event runs smoothly nice and it doesn't matter what your uh what your job title is you've just got to make sure it happens because that's what that's what people need is people that go that extra 10 percent.
0: what kind of equipment were you using
1: so um in terms of, I mean, I had my own room upstairs for one of the workshops. I was using uh, just a basic eight-channel analog desk yep. because we only had two microphones. Uh, this was for a, um, a a Guinness Book of World Record attempt.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah, that. most men
1: on top of Harley's shoulders. It was the most high tens in three minutes. High ten- what? So so double like, high fives. Double high fives above the head. Right. <laughs> it's yep. Very specific as well. Oh, very specific. Unfortunately, they didn't didn't make it. But we had some other world record attempts <laughs> right. that were very close. Right. Um, but they didn't quite. They didn't quite qualify.
0: Were there people there with clipboards just looking very unimpressed?
1: There was a, a official adjudicator there Amazing. from the Guinness World Records. Me and him, a very good friend. Hey, Jude. Um, he came up to me and said that I looked like a footballer, mm-hmm. um, a specific footballer, not just generically. Right. I'm not that athletic. <laughs> you look like you've got good feet. Yeah. And. Yes. No. no. <laughs> I saw where you were going there. <laughs> Read really between the lines, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, um, and it, it was quite funny actually because we were packing down and we, we we chatted and stuff. And he was like, he he was telling me about his job. He goes all around the world, ticking boxes of people doing world record attempts. What a job! I know, right? And he's he's very specific. He's a very nice guy.
0: He must see some very, weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> He told me a few, some I can't yeah. repeat. The most dreads on, on eyebrows.
1: Oh, yeah, the longest eyebrow dreads. That's, <laughs> you should, you should dread your moustache. <laughs> I
0: think, yeah, it kind of... It would oh, look like a handle... smell had... real bad.
1: Oh, yeah, with all the food <laughs> yeah. and the wax. Yeah, Um Yeah, <laughs> so they... Um, yeah, so he was talking about that, and as we were packing down, the uh, project manager came upstairs to see me packing down my room, mm. and, uh, and this guy was done and he was like oh mate he and I, he says i'm i'm now off i was like oh man well it's good to meet you good good chilling and um by the way you just won the world record for the fastest pack down <laughs> we it was a very fast <laughs> pack down it was world record speed actually it was very good um and i was like yeah man good to see you um, hopefully see you again soon yuma, yuma. A, and uh, as he walked off my project manager went oh do you know him i went yeah yeah we go way back yeah he went all oh, right he goes well so um how, how do you know it? I was like, oh, I know him from when I did my world record attempt. He's like, oh, what was that for? And I was like, oh, damn it. I couldn't think of one quick oh, enough.
0: No. <laughs> I, was, I, I was, I nearly had it Worst two till three radio I, show in Ipswich.
1: Afterwards, I realized my, my mind was going through most backflips in four seconds.
0: All right. But, um, I, Most mental backflips.
1: Most mental backflips, yeah. (laughs) I just couldn't couldn't be quick enough. So if anyone thinks of any world records that they think I could have attempted, so next time someone asks me, I can say what world record I have. Oh, tweet it, at Harley C. Yep. What world record attempts could I pull off? Yeah. So there we go.
0: Most annoying host to partner with i mean uh I'm, I'm, you're talking about me here <laughs> mean mean uh, yeah <laughs> on myself on myself self meanie I mean, <laughs> self meanie so yeah what else did you do harley so I, I mean it's been a couple of weeks so um
1: i talk about i did uh we did a Hope force geek you've already talked about that um i did i ran pa for the uh casual nausea album launch
0: wow yes. uh, which was on the 4th steamboat. of may
1: at the steamboat that was amazing It's the first time i've been to that venue since they have had all the refurbished yeah, i've not been there yet Check it out; it's really cool. It, yeah. It's opened the place right up. You can actually see, sit, stand in front of the band. What do you reckon the capacity is now? Oh, that's a good question. Like the, I know. they've certainly added a lot of people they can have in there. Yeah, because it, um, it's quite well done in there's fire exits and stuff in, in the appropriate places. Nice. I don't really know what the capacity is, but. Uh, The bar staff were saying when they first did it, they found it so weird because as soon as the band started, the bar was empty because people didn't have to spill out over the bar. So it was it was really good for them to kind of be able to do that. Uh, uh, There was a lot of controversy over the the female toilets um, because it used to be just a single toilet. Uh, for the girls right. lose, and now there's three separate cubicles. My goodness! And uh, a lot of the girls are saying this is great. I don't have to queue. Some people were complaining because they went. I met some of my closest friends queuing <laughs> for the toilets in <laughs> <and> the steamboat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so so uh, can't please some people, can you?
1: I know, right? Can't <laughs> please them, but they're, they're you know they're doing
0: a really cool job there. Oh, um, Rainer's given us some facts. It says the capacity was about 100. And now it's around 150. That's great. So it's, uh, you know it's actually another 50 50 partners mm. that you can get in there.
1: Yeah, and, and you know um, I don't know if they still. We'll do a ticket sale thing on the door mm. but that really means that's an extra yield for the pants who, who are taking door, door I remember money, when so. they used
0: to do stuff outside underline the sky used to get about 180, 200 people in there yeah um, and yeah that would be like you know having trouble breathing <laughs>
1: yeah
0: that's it so what else have you been doing so Harley? what else have I been doing so that was like last week of course
1: Ooh. on the on the on the 5th we uh, we did a gig ourselves right um, we did indeed, and that was great. That, that was really cool. That actually, was really good. Did you talk about? Oh no, we didn't because it was Bank Holiday last, no, week. last week. Yeah, last week. So, um, yeah. we we did Cosmic Puffin. I know, and it was it great. great. It was awesome. Thank you very much for having me play with you, puffing Cosmics.
0: Yeah. Yes. No, it was uh, it was a real bloody pleasure, mate. Yeah, absolute pleasure. It
1: was nice. I got a selfie with you guys. With you and Rainer, it was nice. <laughs> I like um, that one. No, do. <laughs> it was it was really cool. It was good fun, and uh, the sound on stage. Uh, I think we we got really lucky because I was thinking big loud stage with loads of big monitors Yeah, I've got a big hollow double bass Yeah, and I managed to get it right on the edge without making yes.
0: it like feedback too much I think it's your compressor did the job on that one though. I actually turned it off did you yeah okay, i turned so it I off um, uh,
1: i i found it was feeding back more because it was really? raising okay. the noise floor that's but what i of, had yeah. is i said to the mo- i said to the stage engineer don't put the dog through the monitor because the di was going before the amp and the amp had ah. a graphic so i just just notched out all the frequencies that it was feeding back so i just got what i needed oh that's great uh, it meant i didn't quite have the low end that i wanted but it was coming out front anyway yeah so exactly. they get
0: some good stuff that's the there, main
1: yeah it was a really nice system um cool um then I was in Twickenham for four days, working with uh, BT Open Reach, oh, okay, doing, yeah. the, doing those conferences. Came back just in time for a nice gig gr- at Swaffling with Lady J. At the White Horse. At the White Horse. Oh, very nice. Uh, and that was awesome. Swaffling. Um, we were, bl- it was, I mean, I've, you've been there, have you? Have you been to the White yes, Horse? Yes, we
0: played there, Murray and I played there um, mm. about two, three years ago, I think.
1: Yeah. Uh, and we packed the place.
0: Good. Which, it means about 30 people. Yeah, but I mean it's nice the, to have that.
1: They were great. Uh, some guy turned up full pirate regalia. Yes. It was amazing and he was awesome and he gave me a gold coin. To <laughs> ah, um, the And they are really good. Uh the way they work there is um they the band the the pub pays uh, uh, pays a fee but they also put a hat out because they don't pay particularly well right. because they're a, you know, a rootsy uh venue. Yeah, and they're uh, small so they can get that's it. loads it, of people in yeah. there. Yeah. But they put a hat out for those people who um who who really enjoy it? They can put a couple of quid in, yeah. and we actually they they. D- that what was in the hat was more than what the band what the pub paid yeah. so overall oh, cool. was a really successful that's night really for good. us in our pocket but we really had loads of fun with
0: it really interesting thing that webby uh from from icr's show mouthpiece yeah. uh which is actually currently going on at the moment ah, so but the please AMA. don't go over there because stay with me please us um uh he put up a great picture uh, the other day of a quote um to a venue in oxford in 1969 Buy an agency for bands that were playing at the time. Was this in the summer of 69? Um, I don't know. Maybe it was probably about the winter. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sidestep. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the thing is, it, so the bands that were on there, so were saying, you know, this, this date, these are the bands that we have on our agency, that are free on that date. And they had Fleetwood Mac, Deep Purple. Was Pink Floyd on there? Pink Floyd was on there. I think I saw Black Sabbath and the Rolling Stones. Mm. And so, you know, back then, they weren't as big names as they are now, but they were pretty big names. Yeah. But, you know, next to them it would say the prices that they were charging. And obviously, you know, adjusting for inflation, uh, the most expensive ban on there was £500, and that, that was, was Fleetwood Mac. Oh, was it Fleetwood Mac? And I think Pink Floyd were actually pretty low on there because obviously they hadn't had all the excessive uh, success of Side of the moon yeah. at that point. And that was, uh, oh, crucky, how much? They were £250.
1: They probably would be cheaper because the venue also has to pay out for the electricity bill for all the lighting. Yeah,
0: exactly right. <laughs> the the, the f- Flowing, flying lotus, yes, <laughs> uh, disco ball, and the but, giant pig. Yes, exactly. But the uh, so the thing is with that, the the venues haven't upped how much they're they're, they're, they're spending, even you know adjusting for inflation. We, you know, Webby was like, you know, check out how much a pint of milk was and how much of a pint was. Yeah, um, and it was about fifty p for a pint of beer yeah at that point
1: and it's not that much i mean you're talking yeah that's seven times more on average for a pint the average pint price is three pound fifty nowadays right?
0: so but the 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 price for bands hasn't increased no. seven times is it and actually it has decreased because i mean those bands are big bands yeah. so 500 quid for a big band if you wanted to pay you know for pink floyd now you're looking at least sort of 50 grand yeah <laughs> you that's know. it so i mean if you know if that right yeah it'd be more than that so
1: after uh, paying electricity bill yes of course
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. all the set pieces but so yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, it's kind of it, it's you can see why because taxes have have risen, and uh, in you know certain uh, yeah. beers have got more expensive because of the taxes that are on them.
1: Yeah, the markup's not great on those, yeah. so for pubs really struggle. Even though, like I say, you go to a place and you'll complain that you're spending five pound on a pint, which I've done many times over mm. the very short space of time in the last couple of weeks, being in London and stuff like that. The, the profit on those sort of things aren't as high as they used to be because there's so much tax and stuff. It's yeah. making it harder for people to leave their house. I
0: mean, the borderline in London has just announced it's closing Yeah. Um, in Soho. That's a real shame. That is a real shame. And that's uh, that's literally because of business rates and yeah. taxes. And then their rent has increased twice uh, since DH... DHP, I think the company that owns it um, uh, bought the place. So well, well, took over the lease. So yep. yeah, I mean, uh, you know, hopefully that will stick there. But it just shows, you know, places like the Swaffin. You know, I, I get that they can't spend that money, but there's got to be something done.
1: If you are ever in that area, go down to to go to the White Horse because it's just a really nice vibe. So old. It, yeah, it's a really old, like it.
0: It precedes like bars like be,
1: yeah. you ask for a pint there's a chalkboard with it, with the bottle drinks they have and you yeah. and they go into the tap room they pour it for you and they bring yeah. it out to your seat
0: amazing isn't uh, it it's
1: not crazy it's not expensive at all it's really affordable mm. they're really nice people and you meet some really nice people there everyone's there for a good time it's just a really
0: friendly place to be love it yeah well that's mate great mate what, what else what else so, have you been doing the
1: final gig of my weekend was uh was that has been a long time coming was the, the, uh, the well-famed Schubert Dip gig that we had. Yes. Now, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this too much, but it consisted of, it was somewhat of a supergroup, isn't it? Myself Just on bass, yeah. Rainer Vell on drums, wah, wah, wah. Um, <laughs> Andy Bartlett Andy on yes. guitar, Bronwyn Cooper on, on piano and vocals, the sky. and Rob Lewis on guitar and vocals from just rob lewis from, the legend yes from rob, lewis. rob legend, uh, lewis and it was amazing it was great we played pretty much three hours straight wow um we started at 10 wow. we finished at one i think we had like a 15 minute break 16 and a half minute break in the middle because we had a little music playlist yeah. because it was for it was for Schofield's um removal company okay so rob made a a super mix of songs all about moving <laughs> um and he, up, Yep, yep, that was all in there. Um, keep on moving, don't stop, don't. And there, there was like, yeah, 16 and a half minutes where we had a break. We went out, fixed a couple of leads because we had a couple of leads break down and stuff like that. Keep on um, on anyway. Straight on, and we went all the way to one o'clock, and we oh, wow. had to stop, and they didn't want us to, but they we oh, had bad. to stop. And it was really good fun. Um, me and Rainer had great fun like being able to play together um we don't do it enough consider we how much good friends we are we very rarely gig together so it was nice to sort of gig with him two weeks in a row i
0: know it was, um, good, it was good to have you and rainer on stage with me at cosmic puffin because yeah, it's just you know we, we vibe quite well and it's
1: uh it's it was like a fun.
0: podcast on stage isn't it?
1: it was <laughs> um and it was just it was amazing fun it was really good um and i got to thank rob for for hiring me for that and yeah. uh thank the rest of the band for making it such an awesome event uh, we had so much fun and we're talking about you know doing more as mu- as much more as we can
0: well so. i hope so too and i hope i get to see it again it was wonderful so well mm-hmm. done mate did stuff. well done buddy super dip. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking more of it now Right, uh, before we get on to what I done did For the last week, well two weeks uh, yeah. Let's listen to Good Effort by Pessimist This is an absolutely great album And they're playing locally this week, check it out <laughs> That was good effort by P- pessimist. You can uh, get that on iTunes. The album abs- is absolutely amazing. Uh, I'm, I'm a massive fan. Of well, yeah. Kai, Kieran, and Sam, uh, and their new person drumming with them is Ton Emanuel, who used to play with me in Who's Driving, Bears Driving, yeah. and in A F- Fate Untold. So they're going to be Old. playing this weekend. Stick around for the gig list for that. Nice. So uh, thank you uh, for tuning in, everybody. This is the Harley and Josh Show. We've got. Uh, I'm just going to talk about what I've got up for the two for the last. Couple weeks now, please do. But, um, so we had our show in Clayton at the Greyhound, that was loads of fun, yeah. To share a stage with you for that one, sound was really good. Oh, nice, uh, we were it? playing everything but reggae, um, <laughs> but reggae, but mm, reggae and buts, uh, the reggae, reggae sauce. Um, and, uh, so after that, uh, since I spoke to you guys last, um, I was called in a last minute panic by M from Three Wise Monkeys in Ipswich yeah. because they had a band playing, um, on the Saturday, so not last weekend, the weekend before. Um, and, oh, was it? No, it was last weekend. Yeah. So, wow. Well, no, wait. So that was last weekend, the weekend before. Fourth May. Uh, yes. <laughs> so, um, and uh, they, uh, they, they've they they got a system at Three O's Monkeys, which is great. All I think all venues that, that uh, you know, have m- live music. Especially those who are
1: doing original music.
0: Yes, should have, have their own PA, because not every band does, and they shouldn't be expected to bring them all the time. Um, but they did have a sound engineer, so I was a nice little last last ditch effort. Uh, they were like do you can you do it? I was like yeah, it was great. And it was loads of fun actually because uh, I got there nice and early, got some food, got discount for, for because That's I was really there working. Nice, yeah. Uh and uh you know, plus I got some 50 quid, which is, you know, so when I'm not doing something on Saturday, Yeah, I didn't have anything. Well, my plans were to go to that gig. That's so.
1: it. And that's going to happen more and more with yeah, places like exactly. Three
0: Wise Monkeys. So yeah, I got 50 quid for it. Um and set up all the mics. It was a really, really neat stage, but the band didn't turn up until like an hour after they were supposed to be there. Ooh. So I was just like, just twiddling my thumbs, but I was all ready to go. Yeah, got there. I mean, it's, it's very difficult, like you said, about sort of ringing out that room, um, mm. it, just to try not to get loads of feedback in the monitors, seeing as all the monitors have to be linked, so you can't have individual mon- uh, you know, monitoring for each member of the band, yeah. you've only got two monitors. Um, you know, got, got around it, it was a really good gig and it was just really fun to just work with the band. They do a lot of sort of like West African jazz and sort of Afro beat. Um, and uh, it was really nice to just work with that because they do some quite dubby stuff. So we just had some really nice delays that I would just mm-hmm. chuck on every once in a while just to a vocal, to, a, to the saxophone or to a snare drum sort of thing. Yeah. So that was really fun. And also even when the guitarist would have a delay effect on it, would just add another delay effect on. So it was just like... Ja, 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 ja. So that was really nice to just jump back into doing a bit of sound work, um, and yeah, check out Nebula Sun. They're, they've got some really nice, uh, nice tracks up on streaming services. Just for sort of like, um, if you if you're having a summery day, yeah, that's what they're good for. I think because they they just they sound a bit exotic. More of you know. those in the pipeline, hopefully. Yes, exactly. Mm, summaries. Um, we had our uh, Cosmic Puffin show, which you, you touched on, which was really fun. That was. Um, just, I was there with us Dust. It, yeah, and, uh, and that, that was a really,
1: really good show. It was really fun, was fun set, set,
0: wasn't it? Um, you know, we hadn't rehearsed together for about two months. I think it was. Um, no, that's not quite true. We had we'd played a gig um, within a month, but we hadn't rehearsed for two months anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was really fun because uh, we we just got the new CDs out, and I would literally that was the first show that we were able to sell them. So we we shifted a couple of them, which was really nice, and um, and got to play some of these tracks that. That you know i've I've been listening to and uh, you know and, and going back over and doing lyric videos for and and mm. doing extra release releases um, and I end up sort of getting to play them I love it um, nice. just the only problem is it's just playing on stage when you forget your earplugs with both Ben Diffley oh, and Giles King yeah. one per ear getting in the stereo I was just blasted by the end of that I was just like I can't hear a thing now it was painful could barely hear myself but you know it was it was really nice to just to play some really dirty blues to a dirty hippie crowd it was lovely really nice Nice people there. I think they nice. they I think they raised how much did they raised. I think they raised about three or four grand. That's a charity, which That's is great. really really good. So well done, guys. Um, last musical thing that I've done, which is of note, I went to Ipwich. see what you did there. I mean, oh, on the triple cliff was at Ipswich record fair. Um, it's the first one they've had in mm. 20 years, uh, at the, the town hall and call exchange. I don't think they've had a, a record fair in Ipswich for a long time. So well, actually, no, that's, that's not true. Actually, Steve Langdon does do them at the tourist, uh, tourist information center okay. opposite the butter market so with the old church there um but yes yeah, the first one they've had in the town hall in a long time and that was great took daniel lee harvey along there nice Shout out buddy he's he's yeah. dealing with some pain and, and 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 you know using music to get through it so we just sort of wandered around had steve langdon with his uh stall there and ricky flag yeah uh, was there with his with his record stall i got a couple of records from there got a red got a red flag 77 album nice their most recent one um and i got a dropkick murphy's album as well which he recommended because I'm looking for pirate sounding things. I Uh, do like Dropkick Murphys, but I've never actually had an album. I've just listened to just, just, you know, singles. Um, Also got a Sergeant, not Sergeant Peppers, Magical Mystery Tour, the Beatles album. Um, And it was, it's it's got a picture book inside there. You know, really lovely 2009 remaster of it. And it's my favorite Beatles album, is the Magical Mystery Tour. It's not, it's, it's less of an album, more of a compilation because there's loads of the songs that are on there are just singles. Yeah. Um, but you know, it came out released as an album and it just it just did really well and I absolutely adore it. My nan it was one of my nan's favourite oh, she awesome. also used to listen to it. So yeah, that was really, really, really nice. And just it was just really good to to run into John Adams um yep. from, from Red Flag Seventy Seven and yep. uh, and from Waxy's Dargle just talking about, you know, what it was was it like growing up Being a musician and and the kind of stuff he got into and the kind of scrapes that he and Ricky used to get into on tour and things (laughs) yeah really fun to listen to Um, nice yeah just East Town pirate stories as well you know I get them from Rayner but it's nice to hear them from Ricky and just yeah yeah yeah, he's a good storyteller is a good storyteller yeah Um, but yeah so it was really nice to just sort of uh, not be performing but be surrounded by music minded people if that makes sense yeah. like, that's why I love going to festivals and things is because there are people there that love their scene and they're not there to promote themselves they're just there to experience music and mm. I think that's that's a one thing that we desperately need in every single music scene is people that practice what they preach it's like if you are Uh, uh, you know if you're out there gigging um and you have some time off it's just going to gigs and just talking to other musicians and finding out what people are about and being a fan just being a mega fan yeah that's what that's why harley and i do this show yeah it's because um we're just sitting there being mega fans for all these bands and fawning over them (laughs) yeah it's it's, we know that it's yeah we we kind of see both sides of the curtain. You know, you get to see what it's like being in the crowd and just experiencing music, not analyzing it, just being part of it and then congratulating people because you know what it feels like when other people just do that for you. Yeah. Not so much for you because, I mean, you know, they're experiencing it for themselves and they're having a good time for themselves. But when they're just coming up to you afterwards and saying, I really appreciate this, I didn't really quite like that, you know, uh, what are you doing, you know, how's your career going that sort of stuff yeah it's it's really nice that people pay attention so i think if you are into your music as a performer uh, you need to be into your music as an audience member as well Mm. i think otherwise you just definitely run out of things to do then otherwise i mean that's what i'm looking at every single weekend i'm going well when i don't have a gig uh, on a specific day i'm sitting there i'm looking through going what gigs can i go to yeah (laughs) is that addiction i think it's an addict isn't it Goodness me. (laughs) That's a problem, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think we should play some music by uh, a band that we haven't played or listened to before. I've not actually heard of this band before. Um, They're called Galli or Gawley. I'm not quite sure. It's G-A-L-L-I. They're from Norwich. They're playing in Ipswich this weekend. So lovely, beautiful, soulful sounds coming from this band. And I think if you like how this sounds, you've got to see them live. Check it out. This is Sabika by Gab. Dune Corps is now collecting nearly $1 million a day for its independent artists. Who... I've lost the thingy, dammit. <laughs> <laughs> Just earned over $500 million within a year and a half. Oh, just before we get into the music news, uh, well done to Gali. That Sabika track is wonderful. It is, yeah. I well really good. can't wait to, to see more of their stuff. Nice vibes. So yeah, uh, TuneCore. Sorry, um, I messed that up completely. No, no, totally <laughs> um, so there are aggregators who distribute, um, um, you know, uh, independent artists' music between lots of different streaming services. Have you used TuneCore? Yes, I have, have in the past. Yes. Was it for the, album? the first ever Lockabilly's album? No. no, no, the second lockabillies album. The um no, I'm lying. It's both of them. Both okay both the yeah, both the the 2015 EP and the uh the 2018 2018 album. So, yeah, I've used them before. Which was a year old last weekend. Shh, it is, right? How crazy yeah. is that? Um happy anniversary to me. Happy anniversary <laughs> Um <laughs> TuneCore says it now distributes over two hundred and fifty thousand artists, um, which includes music by independent stars like Marshmello, um, who all of our students yeah. want to learn their music so all the not, time.
1: So it's not just the small guys. There's still no. there's still some like some some big fries yeah, that, that self release. Yeah,
0: and they they have got one hundred and fifty digital stores and streaming services that they put your music out to. You can opt out for some of them. I mean, some of the places that your particular fan base won't go. There are some streaming services that are specifically for India specifically for China which oh, okay, if yeah. you don't actually have fans there you're wasting yeah money but i mean it's a lot of the time i don't think you actually have to spend more to get them there oh okay um you can just opt out of putting them there just to tidy up your I suppose so but anyway media research has previously estimated that DIY artists generated 643 million dollars worldwide Ooh. from uh, recorded music royalties during 2018 up by 35% so it's it's grown since 17, 2017 sorry Uh, TuneCore has confirmed that its artists earned $308 million in distribution income in 2018, which is up 28% year on year. Uh, Suggests that TuneCore's market share of the indie artist landscape may be as high as 45% plus. That's great. That's mad, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, so you've got DistroKid. Um I'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head. C D baby. baby. Um and to have forty five percent of the independent music distribution market share is pretty huge. I think TuneCore were the first to do this, I'm pretty certain.
1: Right. I think yeah, we've spoken about TuneCore in the past and mm. I think that was one of the factoids that yes, comes up.
0: Factoids. <laughs>
1: factoids.
0: Um which is absolutely amazing. I mean, uh just the fact that it's gone up year on year, um, is a is a big deal really, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's massive and it's i mean we've talked a lot about how the uh like the vinyl sales are uh, are going up as well yeah uh, and how they're sort of doing really well uh compared to other years but it shows that the music industry digitally as well is growing as well
0: yeah definitely it was constantly so, constantly uh what else harley what else
1: uh, I know uh, my I got to the
0: 45% plus bit
1: Cool, so artists earned 83 million dollars for the first quarter of 2019 Just this year So that's just this year, That's that's a great amount that and again that is a 21 percent increase on the first quarter that's equivalent to nearly nearly 1 million per day across the 90 days
0: in q1 i mean a million dollars a day going into it to independent artists can't be bad can it
1: not at all not at all <laughs> i like breaking it down into like what people are earning a day de- i mean that is is spread towards all the artists but it's nice to know that like i say if they're all getting a small percentage of a large number that's great yeah um I was uh, I think I might mention this fact I think it was 2017 uh Ed Sheeran on average earned 43,000 pounds a day a day
0: which is and that's not even you know he might not even be working every day
1: no no that includes when he's having sunday roast with his parents facts so that that's always a nice thing to go but so collectively uh just on tune call, uh, artists are taking, uh, collectively taking a million dollars a day for the first quarter of the UK. Yeah, I don't know uh, how quarters go in terms of whether the first quarter tends to, to perform differently. Yeah, it?
0: um, it's yeah, it's just really interesting though because that is just on streaming revenue. It's not taking into effect, you know, into into account how well they're doing on physical sales outside of that also what people might be getting on mcps and prs of i mean i get i get more on prs than i do from streaming royalties yeah um so those artists that are getting those uh those plays are also getting prs especially if they're getting played mm. in public spaces so the, that million dollars that TuneCore has distributed has can also grow from there which is is great yeah um there is there is some debate at the moment though, which is about the streaming part of it, which may need to be addressed uh, in terms of rights. Is yeah. taking into account where these tracks are getting played, because we've talked about this before, where businesses having, uh, you know, business PRS licenses, yeah. for to be those you know, shops and, and 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 office spaces to play um, music. So it is yeah. a public space. Um, so, you know, people do have to pay extra for business accounts um, and extra on PRS. Yeah. So that money needs to find its way to the artists as well. Um, because, you know, if you can somehow mod- monitor like where these tracks are getting played and the kind of audiences that potentially they could be reaching, mm-hmm. um, that that should be reflected in the amount of money that comes back to the artists.
1: Yeah i have a question go on which i don't know if you'll have the answer to but we talked before about i pit, really do <laughs> about spotify and people using personal spotify accounts rather than business spotify mm-hmm. accounts as working musicians as a working musician myself i use spotify to for learning tracks and stuff right should that be a business account
0: that's a very very good question actually because we are using that Music to make money, yeah. But I think we are it, that music is still getting the same audience. It's still in a private place. Yeah. Um, the amount of times that we're playing these tracks, <laughs> I think we're probably uh, you know, adding the right amount of data for, for the, the right amount of money Audience, to do streaming. Yeah.
1: I guess that's it. It depends if you're, if you're playing it in a private place, you're thinking maximum three or four people listening to it in yeah. a public place. It could be heard by hundreds, maybe thousands. Yes, exactly. If you're a, a, like music between
0: gigs. Yeah, definitely. So, so that's a very good point. Interesting. Last little fact, um, about streaming from TuneCore, and in 2018, it says total streams and downloads of music by the TuneCore roster hit 199.3 billion. Wow! In one year, which is an 83% increase over 2017. That's big. That's probably that's probably because they've increased the the roster of artists they've got. Of course, uh, right? That's yeah. Exponential, isn't it? It's not often that you know that people they're going to be losing clients uh yeah. because more and more people it's are hearing cumulative. About it. yes cumulative indeed so but i mean 199.3 billion streams of just independent music yeah uh, a year i mean that's, that's that's just good news that's good yeah. news all around really isn't
1: it it's something uh I, I, from a slight aside as we're talking about like statistics and a cumulative growth of of you know it, people being exposed to to music and artists and stuff uh Vandel, congratulations uh one of his videos reached a million, million views. views one uh, million yesterday i believe yeah man uh which is amazing uh which is great because it's led to a lot of people recognizing him as a musician
0: yeah. um uh, it's great advertisement for himself um but it shows that people are still interested in in musicians and the life of musicians yeah. as well and yeah. how they react to viral videos
1: yeah we did uh film a little bit of saturday's gig i don't know how much of that will make it onto his blog but oh, we'll, we'll nice find out see,
0: yeah oh he's just so. sent his little message saying thanks as well. Oh, right, right.
1: <laughs> well we'll uh we'll throw him a party oh
0: yeah so we'll
1: slice it up into a million pieces and we'll give one to each viewer of his video
0: exactly <laughs> so really useless amount of cake yes yeah mm. or just tiny little bits of cake exactly it be nice it'll so be nice cake pops
1: yes so, so that's a, a very yeah. interesting point in terms of like I say that that there is a, a front runner for the self published music is that a good advert for people looking to publish their own music just for them to go tune cause a way to go i think
0: it's definitely you know, promising yes safety
1: and numbers of it, go with the people that have the most audience because then you know they've pleased mm. the most people it's true
0: um i have just released uh, my most recent single shakes on yep. distrokid the rates on that are actually better okay um it's cheaper to i mean it's so TuneCore. it cost me 45 pounds uh, to release something yeah uh well is that per track uh, are, no is it, i think it's, it's just per pretty release. much unlimited so it's just sort of like i pay 45 pounds a year and oh, i can okay. upload as much as i want on yeah. there whereas DistroKid, it was 20 pounds actually i think it's even just like 19 pounds something right um and you get the same kind of thing TuneCore does distribute to more Um, streaming services like it says 150 streaming services distro kit won't be as many um, however, I'm not that fussed about it being on obscure streaming services yeah. in the middle of Kazakhstan, you know, that's it. <laughs> um, cause that's just not where my audience is. If you are somebody like marshmallow, um, and you know, you've got people listening to your audience. music on Fortnite all over the world. Oh, looks on Spotify. Oh, it's on Spotify, isn't it? My music's on Spotify. Nice. But the, uh, the thing is, you know, i for, for somebody like, like me, you know, there's mostly people are going to be listening to it just in the UK. You know, I've got people in America and Canada are listening to it. And, yeah. Yeah. and places in Europe but like Spotify and all the front runners are,
1: are all in those places yeah
0: exactly so uh, you know I'm not going to be worrying too much and I think they are like you say the, the Apple Music and Spotify the front runners over there so you know yeah. there's not much point but yeah uh, so I thought that was well interesting. Thank you, Harley. Shall we get on to our next little segment? Because it'd be really nice to, if I could actually find the mouse. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Let's get on to our next segment, shall we, Harley? This morning. Jingle. So, Harley, tell me, what is it we're talking about this week? So,
1: we were talking about... Uh... About being typecast as a musician. This has come from a conversation me and Lady J, Justine Demere, was were having on the way to our gig. I love gigging with Justine because we always drive up to those places together and we always have a nice, really in-depth chat. because mm. she's a great mind and she's really studied her, her art and her profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said when she was doing drama, oh. uh, when she was in university, they were talking about the star effect. Okay. Um, which is... People will unconsciously project their um, everything they've seen from someone onto a particular performer. Right, uh, that's why you get a lot of like soap op. To, soap op actors doing stuff like panto because they've been well established in the sort of the main stream as either being a good guy or a bad guy so people right, yeah. they don't need to do as much introduction of them as a bad guy when they're doing panto
0: does phil mitchell do pantos i really hope he does
1: i know he just does like weird like uh he goes into clubs and meets people in clubs Ian it, Beale, just yeah, they do that. They'll, that you'll, you can Ladies go to a Prince club and, going, and have a photo taken with left. Phil Nipchel. It's weird. Yeah, um, <laughs> but hey, you know, head down to the unit and you can meet him sometime, probably.
0: Yeah, sure. So, in terms that, of music, how does that translate?
1: Well, that can translate quite a lot. Um, I, for example, we all, I, I, for a long, long time, I got a lot of ask, people asking me to do blues gigs. I'm I like my blues music. I'm not like a, an aficionado, but cause I started, I cut my teeth at blues jams. People saw me as a blues bass player. Therefore right. i got loads of blues gigs out of it. And then kind of, I got led into that world. And I don't think I was ever typecast as that, mm. but that became a thing that I was doing. And people wouldn't see me doing the stuff that I wanted to be doing a bit more of the sort of, uh, more technical stuff. Mm. You know, I'm not saying blues isn't technical. I'm just saying it's a different, oh, okay, yeah. it's a different walk. Uh, And so people don't really necessarily see that and that can be an advantage and it can be a disadvantage.
0: Definitely. Do you think you get yourself into those messes? I've got the same yeah. thing with the with the Lockerbillies. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of people think of me as just a Rockabilly guitarist. Uh, so with me releasing my own stuff, which does sound different, or mm. when I go out and I dress differently to Rockabilly, people are looking at me like, you're not on brand. What's going on? Um, Brandon. But, yeah, how is little Brandon? Um, that's the thing. How do we uh, get out of those typecasts, do you think?
1: I think there's a... I'm a big fan of the, like the, when we talk, I uh, was saying about drama and stuff, add some, I think people should see performance a bit more of a, an axe, a bit of a dramatization. Um, this is something I want to do. I always, when I'm on stage, I feel like people on stage know me. Right. And I don't feel like off stage. I'm necessarily much of a, uh, authoritative performer mm. in the way that a front man would be. So I would struggle to front a band. Mm. I need to get out of that and go. When I'm on stage, I'm not me. I'm then a person, and you see the whole stage thing as an act. You see, act, you see a lot of bands do that. A lot of artists, Hot even tram. the local. Yeah, I was going to say Josh Carr. He is a he is a, a beast, an entity a in demon. himself. That's
0: why he wrote the he song demon. "Demon in Me."
1: Yeah, Uh same with um Jay Goodridge on uh
0: Druids. <laughs> He's mental off stage and on stage.
1: Oh yeah, but it's a different mental. Yes, yeah, uh, true. And who, who's the artist he used to play for? Benjamin Bloom.
0: Right. Yes. True.
1: Ben he was a whole, he his whole stage was a dramatized act and, I, and i'm really a big fan of that mm. because he he wears the loud clothes and the and the big hat and stuff and if he wanted to do something else he can then wear a different hat
0: True. and yeah.
1: bring in a different kind of uh, persona to the stage mm. and let people buy into something different
0: that's exactly um, why i've done a couple different bands yeah uh, in the past so like with with the Lockabillys we went off and did js and the pomp it still can be under that vintage umbrella yeah. but it's gypsy Jazz instead
1: i would like to uh i did say to rainer uh when
0: we came to cosmic puff
1: and we turned up like just as you started your uh, goof us set right and i was saying how differently you performed right. uh with goofer dust because you partially because you weren't tied to a mic, (laughs) but also you were, you weren't, you weren't center stage, you weren't front of the stage and you, you really sort of enjoyed being a little bit further back and accompanying the band Mm -hmm. and your, uh, your posture and that like showed that really well. And Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. Um, And I think, yeah, that's a really cool sort of thing in terms of adding that. I do think it's different. I think me and Raina saw a different show to everybody else, however, because we're watching... Our friend Josh <laughs> yeah. So we're looking at him And thinking all the silly things He says on the radio show uh, Whereas the strangers Are seeing this guy With some awesome Awesome facial hair mm-hmm. With lovely slick back hair Playing some incredible guitar Thanks, And that's 100% <laughs> Of what they've ever seen of
0: you Yeah So they strange. see that So then
1: they see you off stage Like I didn't know he talked I just thought he played
0: guitar Yeah exactly And he's got really annoying voices
1: Like Alan Carr yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But the, yeah, the, uh, the thing is is uh literally just being stuck into a specific genre yeah. or even a specific instrument sometimes. Do you find that mm. like cause I know that you can play guitar I, and you yeah. can play drums. I mean what grade three? Two, only grade two. 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 Oh.
1: But don't 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 tell them on grade three, they might start hiring me. Um <laughs> I specifically kind of when I decided to go full time on being a musician. I said, I'm going to stick with bass because of all the instruments, it's my favorite. Mm -hmm. I think I'm much better at playing bass than I am on guitar. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I find it's easier to market yourself as a bass player than it is to market yourself as a multi-instrumentalist. I know a lot of people, I know a lot of guitarists who play bass and they're not the first person people think of when they think of, I need a bass player. Mm -hmm. Whereas there are people who only play bass And most people who play bass can play other instruments. Most musicians can play multiple instruments. But if you go, I'm a bass player. Then when someone goes, I need a bass player. They go, who plays bass?
0: Not who plays guitar. Who plays literally every instrument? Yeah, Um, that's That's, why Rich says he has this problem. Rich Webb because mm. he's like he's uh, his his phrase is jack of all trades, master of none. Um, Mm. But see, he is really good on every. He's a master of all trades, but he wants to be like he's been playing accordion recently. Yeah, and to be honest, if I try and think of people that play accordion the list is very small oh yeah yeah so if if you know if people see him playing it then they'll just be like wow well, i've got a guy that can do it i but, guess being a jack of all trades can
1: be an advantage if you can be literally jack of all trades
0: mm-hmm. like you can be a plumber as well
1: well if you can if oh. you go i want someone who can play this instrument that no one's ever heard of i've not even seen the thing before i've Eyy. just seen pictures of it i heard <laughs> uh yeah, Rich will probably be able to play with yeah. it. Give, just lock him in a room with 10 minutes uh, yeah. and he'll be a master at it somehow. Yeah,
0: exactly. I mean, that's the great thing about YouTube and stuff. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it is It is interesting, isn't it? But I mean, you know, I think all it is is doing the stuff that we do where we play with lots of different types of bands. I mean, that's mm. one of the reasons why I play with Hoppy and the Hopefuls and with Goofy Dust. Yeah. I mean, we do similar stuff to the, I it's all guitar-based things, but I get to show off The other side of my playing. And it's the same with you. Mm. Way back when you were playing with, who was the prog metal band that you were playing with? Uh, Oh, uh, Shat's Guys. Shat's Guys, yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, playing with them. Um, And
1: also playing with uh, Mohawk was like a real stretch of my. Musical vocabulary.
0: Yeah, and also, yeah. you know, what people see is your personality. But yeah, yeah, I think that's the really the kind of the trick is just to be seen playing as many different styles as you can. Certainly. And then, uh, you know, whatever gets you known or famous is going to be the thing that people yeah. think of first. we were... But I mean, if you keep practicing and doing different stuff, then I think, uh, you know, you can still do that after you've gained some notoriety. Mm.
1: A good no- good note to end on is uh, John Mayo. Oh. He uh, is... Uh, incredible blues guitarist people know him as being
0: minister oh it's John Major sir
1: (laughs) he uh people he's well known for being a blues guitarist um and knowing you know and absolutely killing it when he's playing you know the John Mayer trio that kind of thing he can shred he's a real shredder um and people don't see that side of him because he's kind of doubled down on being that guy Mm. and that's what he gets called for but when he gets the chance to stretch his wings and do that he can he can really rip um not uh, was it Randy Didn't know he played guitar on Fallout Boy's version of uh, "Beat It." Uh, well, he did, he did a guitar solo on that. Not the most shreddy of solos in his regard, no. but it still—it was still him playing a completely different, different style to what he's known for. Yeah. Uh, and he—he he can nail it. He can play most things, you know. But he—he he knows his domain, and he's happy to be typecast in that in that regard. Yeah.
0: So you can live with it if you want, or you can try and branch out of it. Eh? But yeah. let's get on to our next section, eh? i <coughs> Let's do some stuff and talk about things. Let's um, do stuff, things. First quick thing I want to shout out is my mum, Laura Locke, who also hosts the Laura Unlocked show on Felixstowe Radio. She's having a Cocktails and Conversation meetup at Copaz Bar. I did it for you there uh, in Felixstowe, yeah. Thursday, 6.30. Uh, it's basically all for, for women who are professionals um, and they want to meet other women in their industry or across industries to sort of you know collaborate in That's a really cool industries. little thing. Uh, yeah i mean I, you know it doesn't happen often so no. uh hopefully it will happen more often as well because new owners of copas are um, actually female so it's kind of yeah. you know a bit of solidarity there so if you are a woman and you want to meet different ladies working in the industry as professionals go to thursday six thirty cocktails and conversation at copas copas bar <laughs> there we nice. go. I did it all. I covered all the things. Um, Smoking donuts. Les Carter. USM and Dooza, um, uh Dystopian Sound Collective and the Interesting Times Gang are playing at the Smokehouse. Uh, that is uh Friday, the nineteenth. Um, that's gonna be. That's gonna be fun. that's gonna be yeah. a big old audio file experience. Yeah. I like the sound of that audiophile. one. You all, mate my mate your mate which one Joe G oh Joe are you
1: playing in his band I'm afraid I'm not you're not no I'm I'm off on a a stag night oh
0: rock and roll mate Uh, this Saturday 18th of May uh, they're playing with the interesting Times Gang and Ellie Tree uh, as well as Jeremy Johnson at the Smokehouse there's loads going on at the Smokehouse this weekend it's pretty good isn't it it's going to be good it's going to be good I like that Um, should we talk about algae? yes mate yeah So we're playing with each other
1: mmm <laughs> so Friday, Amazing. we're going to be at the
0: Shamrock. Hope, Hoppy and the Hopefuls. Friday, ha- Harley and the Hoppies yes, are playing uh, at the Shamrock. Is this, this, this going to be OG lineup? I believe so. Nice. I can't That'd think of anything great. else. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't noticed anything else. Um, the Vagaband. I'm going to be playing their music to finish the the, the show off. That's this May seventeenth, eight forty five to eleven thirty at the Salutation. Nice. I think they'll go down really, really well there. You guys, stick around to the end of the show to listen to what they sound like. Uh, Caswell is releasing her Blindside uh, on vinyl her yeah. EP uh, on vinyl uh, this Friday 17th of May at the Shed at Wistock's uh in Tide Millway in Woodbridge yeah. so that's the first time I think she's done the album launch here nice because uh, she launched it in in London right yeah uh, originally so yeah that'll be really good get it on vinyl that was yeah. great that
1: was a nice uh mention that we did uh the 5011 jam watermelon jam yes was at the Mayday of Parade, May Day Parade, May Day Party in the Park thing uh, on the 5th of May before we came to Cosmic Puffin. And uh, Caswell came up and sang some stuff and all of her band and stuff. It was awesome.
0: That's great. I'll see more of that. More of that. Um, Galley, who we played earlier, or Gawley, I've really got to figure out how to pronounce that. This May 18th, which is Saturday. And it's G A L L I. I mean, I think galley Galloway you know, um They're playing at ten o'clock at Three Wise Monkeys in Ipswich. Um, hoping that I get to do sound for that, um, which will be loads of fun. I mean, uh, you know, really nice sort of Jeff Buckley sing a song, write your sound stuff, but with a yeah. little bit of that West African jazz involved. And the last big shout I want to give out to is ah. Pessimist. <laughs> Um, they're playing uh, the Smokehouse this Sunday and I believe the sound uh, the the lineup is amazing they've got State of Millennia In and Out of Sleep and uh, East, Easttown Pirates guitarist uh, Sam is playing with his band Back to the Point uh, that is the Smokehouse this episode, uh, this. Uh, Sunday May 19th £3 to get in for all those bands that's really good that is so uh, yeah mate that was loads of fun thank you for listening yeah mate yeah good to catch up man
1: it has been really good um, I look forward to uh doing this next week yes. kind of we'll have mr dan harvey with us yes Lee
0: e. harvey yeah. will be with us we're going to be pre-recording next week's yeah. show um so you guys stick around uh, on the page and let, let us know if there are any specific things you want us to talk about etc but yeah thanks for listening this is something wicked this way comes by the vagaband love Bye-bye. you